Welcome to the fourth wall. Today we have got <laughs> Isaac Kidd. Yes. Isaac in the house. This is Monica. We've also Hello. got the G. That is Matthew Goward. <laughs> I'm and loving myself, the Loving the voice. Yeah. Myself, Ryan Heath. Um, before we start, I would just like to um, just like to mention our sponsors tonight. And um, we've got the Holy Trinity. We've got the Trifecta. We've got Squarespace, Wix, and WordPress. <laughs> <laughs> all three they truly will they will truly sponsor anything so we've got all three tonight thank you very much guys it's so amazing to have you on board and i won't be using any of your services um because you sicken me with your adverts um okay i'll tell you what so, yeah before, sorry 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 what are you saying there is actually some a podcast uh, advert on a podcast for have you heard of honey that i keep no. hearing about I oh yes honey it. yeah yeah i have it's like a Chrome extension. You don't pay anything. We should get sponsored by Honey for this because I'm really selling them. I had to buy a new phone the other day because mine broke and it just automatically applied a discount at the checkout and I got 20 quid off. I was like, what? Oh, mate, that's amazing. So we better get sponsored by Honey now. Yeah, I mean, I would certainly download Honey. I don't know about you, Isaac. Would you download Honey? <laughs> oh, oh, you're such a lovely Honey, Honey. <laughs> Keep very it much coming. Honey. <laughs> today today of course we're talking about the 2011 film drive uh, a kind of neo 80s noir crime film directed by nicholas winding refn i hope i'm pronouncing that right and starring the goose himself the gosling mr ryan gosling amongst ryan we've got uh, appearances from oscar isaac we've got appearances from ron perlman We've also got appearances from I've forgotten the rest of the cast. Matt, Mate, do you know who they are? This cast is fucking phenomenal. It's amazing. It's, it's, it's amazing. incredible. You've got Ryan Gosling, Oscar Isaac, Brian Cranston, Ron Perlman, Carey Mulligan. I feel bad about leaving Carey Mulligan fifth, considering she's like the second main character. Yeah, um, yeah. she's amazing. Uh, Albert Brooks. Uh, shit. Who else? Is there anyone else? Is that it? I think that's it. Think oh, that's fucking the, that's Christina Hendricks oh, from yeah, Mad Men. Yeah, she Who, doesn't. Uh, my she, God, what an it. underrated use of Christina Hendricks. She all she does is scream and then muffle scream. Oh, but she looks great though. I mean, oh God, I mean, she is a phenomenal actress. Um, who, yeah, who who is Christa, Christina Hendricks in this film? I can't remember. She is. Uh, I think she's called Blanche. She's um, she's not in it very long. Maybe like ten minutes. She's got bright red hair. She's uh she's on the job like the the job that uh Ryan Gosling's character does with Oscar Isaac's character to help him pay off his debt that goes wrong and they're the only two that escape and they go back oh, wow. to the motel we should probably point yeah. out that Isaac hasn't watched drive <laughs> i've watched it i mean <laughs> i the last time i watched it was 5 years ago <laughs> um <laughs> So name names, places, and things. Yeah, I'm not too familiar with. Although this will come I back love to you. The style. You. I like the film. Yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful that as you guys talk about it in such a loving way that click. Bam. It will come back. Click. When did you first watch it, Matt? Can you remember your your first viewing? Uh, yeah, I um had just broken up with my first girlfriend who loved Drive, and mm-hmm. I hadn't seen it yet. And then I started doing. Actually, no, 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 that's not it. <laughs> but this, it kind of is it. 
it so I watched it not long after, it was one of those films where I was like oh I'm going to win her back by watching her favourite films and I watched it I didn't win her back um, but... I'm going to win her back <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to watch I th- a film I think it was maybe I've watched it and she'll be back well I've, <laughs> I've done weirder things to be fair that's fair enough yeah. <laughs> that's fair enough um, I mean yeah how old were you we must have been what 14 15 yeah, I think it was twenty. I think I saw it in twenty eleven, or yeah, maybe same. maybe twenty twelve. But it, I remember it being one of the first films that I saw where I was like, "Shit, this film stuff is really good." You know, like we, I've been watching films a lot before them, but it was the first one that I kind of wanted to analyze without realizing it. Mm, and mm. then a couple years later, I started film studies at college. And the very first essay I wrote was on the opening scene of Drive. Interesting. Opening so scene. this was the second time I've written notes on the fucking opening scene of Drive. I didn't write as many this time because I had to write like a 2,000 word essay on mise-en-scene. Um, <laughs> oh, the mise-en-scene. The, the whole oh, the film, from, from what I remember, the whole film, because uh, I remember watching, I was watching Taxi Driver. Yeah. And I got really into Taxi Driver and Scorsese and all that. And and then this film Drive came out and people were raving about it and I think I went I did go to the cinema and watch this film. Unless wait was it an eighteen? Because if it was an eighteen, then I wouldn't. I'm pretty have done sure that. it's an eighteen. Oh, I watched this DVD at home. You must have snuck in uh, under the guise of a man. In a, it sort of, maybe there was another friend that was in a trench coat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what, like oh, I've forgotten. I've forgotten the character in. Um... Any Simpsons episode. Bojack. I was thinking of Bojack. The, t- <laughs> <laughs> the little going out with Princess Carolyn or Caroline. Anyway. Yeah, it's, but it's quite similar to Taxi Driver. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you've got the kind yeah. of lone, yeah, the lone driver. Yep. It's got, Interestingly it's got the word, enough, they've though. both got the word driving. <laughs> they both have, yes, that's True correct. That. Don't need uh, a no, film that's... degree for that, mate. Is that from your, is that from your essay there? No. <laughs> I actually I didn't compare it to Taxi Driver. I you didn't. I, I was no. Oh, it's weird. I don't. You're not really supposed to compare films to other films. Well, it depends what you're talking about it, mm. when you're like analysing it. Because I was just talking about the mise en scène, which is French for everything on the. Well, technically, it's French for everything on the stage, I believe, <laughs> because it was a theatre term. But now it means everything yeah. in the frame, so everything visual, and. It was just mo- mostly about the fucking badass scorpion jacket. Oh yeah, that became a staple on the Halloween costume. Mm. Uh, so Halloween costume sort of list on twenty eleven. Did you? Well, how did you? What did you do? Use a marker pen? Uh, no, I tried to buy one. Oh, because someone actually told me that the closest celebrity that I resemble is Ryan Gosling. It's true, you do. <laughs> That's a plug right there. I, I think spit, spitting image, I think. Yeah. Personally. <laughs> I will never post my photo online. <laughs> I am Ryan Gosling. I think you're better looking than Ryan Gosling, Matt. I'm just going to say Thank it. Thank you very much. Um, Someone else. Certainly I think got, if, if Ryan yeah. Gosling was in IT class IT all class. the time. Yeah, I, thought you, I was thinking, I was like, if Ryan Gosling was in the IT crowd, that's kind of something that I oh. Oh, yeah, I mean, he's got a goofy True. side to him, hasn't he? I've seen him in quite a few Mate, films. In, he's... He is fucking hilarious. I like, I like in, it um, when he's funny, yeah. The Big Short. Yeah, he, is, oh yeah, my God. Yeah, he is so funny in that film. Uh, we need to do oh. an episode on that film. That film we is definitely amazing. do. 
Um, interestingly enough, though, Ryan Gosling's accent, I had a problem with for a while because I didn't know this. And once I'd heard it, it kind of changed my opinion. So apparently he he's, he's Canadian, right? He's a native Canadian. And he's changed his accent and he's modeled it on old Hollywood movie stars like Marlon Brando, apparently, over the years. And so when I listen mm. to him, I can't unhear that. But Drive is great because he doesn't fucking talk. He says fuck all in that film. Doesn't doesn't he? Say, yeah. <laughs> this was this was the um the very first like Ryan Gosling staring into space film until we got it was the <laughs> ultimate Ryan Gosling staring into yeah. space film until we got First Man, where Ryan totally. Gosling is literally staring into space. Uh yeah, uh, I mean it's Pete Gosling, isn't it? It's Pete Gosling. Pete. Very big. Right, Brian, you're quite familiar with accents, aren't you? Like you're Yeah. You you turn me on to that guy who um I think <laughs> yeah, he's from yeah. Ipswich and he, he's talking about how closely mm. Suffolk accents to Australian. So what 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 is do you know anything about the Canadian accent? What how does it I differ guess, to other yeah. accents? I guess because I know that he's Canadian and he sort of speaks with this, I don't know, it's sort of like an East Coast um, it's an East Coast, almost New Yorky, Brooklyn-style accent, but it's um, it's somehow an aged one. You know how you would kind of get that kind of stick with me, kid, like that kind of like yeah. old school, yeah. mm. old school sort of East like Coast Jimmy mobster. Yeah, or, or Jimmy yeah. Stewart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was thinking more. He's got one um, of my favourite voices in yeah. all of cinema, Jimmy Stewart. I don't think I know who that is. Um, he is well. Uh, what's he most famous? He's in Vertigo and Rear Window, and it's oh, a is that the, is life, it the main character? He's the main character the in Vertigo and oh, Rear Window. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah I wow. do know who you mean. A, yeah, and um, Mr. Smith goes to Washington, which I haven't seen. I just know from Lisa, or is it Miss Le- Mrs. Simpson goes to Washington? Whatever that episode of The Simpsons is, which is just a parody of Mr. Smith <laughs> yeah, goes great. to Washington. We've got two Simpsons references so far. <laughs> Mate, we're going to get so many Simpsons references. There's 31 Simpsons seasons, let's, let's be honest. Like, <laughs> what haven't Jesus. they done? <laughs> oh my God, a Simpsons podcast could last you a lifetime, couldn't it? <laughs> yeah. No, there actually is a Simpsons podcast. Oh, and it is still going, obviously. Yeah, I, I imagine, I'd imagine you'd lose a bit of steam after season 10. <laughs> you'd be like... Fuck it out. Not another yellow face. It was all a blur until Lady, the Lady Gaga episode, and then after that. <laughs> Is that where you peaked? <laughs> yeah. Talking that of. Was, that was like 10 years ago. God. Talking of animation and voices, um, we've got we've got Marlin from Finding Nemo playing a. <gasps> playing a Jewish mobster in this film. That's who Albert Brooks is. Wow. Fuck. Bam. I was like, I know that name from somewhere. I was like, I've seen him in another film. I, yeah. I couldn't work. I was like, uh, I was trying to think of what film it was. I couldn't oh, work it. But no, turns I love out it. It Finding Dory's a classic, like and like for its time. Like it came out what twenty seventeen. Finding Dory, yeah, fifteen. Yeah, I can't yeah. And it just. I remember you really bigging up Finding Dory to me, and I watched <laughs> yeah. it, and I. And I remember at the time thinking, actually, that was really fucking good. It is it's, one of the very wild, few films it? that crazy, I can... Yeah. No, the problem is, I remember absolutely nothing about it. And there aren't many films where, after I've seen it, I don't remember a single thing. But Finding Dory, I feel like I just haven't even watched. <laughs> I remember <laughs> Monsters joyous, University so more, and that is shite. Do you feel like that about uh, a lot of films, Matt? Because you consume a lot of media. 
I, thought, I didn't think that was what you were going to say. I consumed them, but um, <laughs> yeah. You can see. No films. Films. I do tend to remember most of. I just don't remember the like the intricacies. Like say yeah. in this yeah, film, yeah, yeah, Ron totally. Perlman's amazing line that we will splice <laughs> in right here because I am not doing an impression of Ron Perlman doing it. Now this, that is one motherfucking fine ass pussy mobile motherfucker. No, it is amazing. Instant cancellation right there. Um, But yeah, I mean, I suppose, I suppose Drive is one of those films that I guess lingers on in the memory through mood and through ambience rather than, I guess, narrative in some way, but it certainly had such a visual language that really resonated with so many people for years afterwards. Um, I guess what I'm talking about is 80s, talking about the 80s revival. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I it, I remember the first time I saw it, that hot pink font comes on. I was like, mate, this is just Vice City. And then I watched Risky Business <laughs> and I realised that Vice City just stole that font from Risky Business and turned it pink. But oh, it's the I exact see. it's the exact same hot pink as Vice City, though. Is it? Yeah, look at it. Have oh, you not? Do yeah, you not remember the Vice it, City yeah. font? I mean, when it came up, I thought, yeah, that's we're going to have a Vice City reference in here somewhere. I haven't played Vice City. I'm just going to put that out there. I'm sorry, I'm very sorry, but I haven't played Vice City. Okay, well, whilst I remember talking of video games similar to Drive, in the motel scene, the motel, I would say a motel shootout, but I think there's about four gunshots <laughs> in total. Um, there's a bit where like the camera goes a really high angle, like top-down bird's-eye view of him in the bathroom, and mm. it looks so much like Hotline Miami. <laughs> to the point, the, game. to the point where I immediately downloaded Hotline Miami after I finished watching it because I hadn't played it in ages, and then I found oh, out man. Hotline Miami was inspired by Drive. Of course, it was. Of course, yeah, it was. It only remember, came out a year later. I mean this this last decade, like the eighties sounds, the eighties look might as well be a contemporary sound and, and visual because it's just it's just. I remember watching Drive at the age of yeah, I think I I must have seen it. Shortly after its release, I probably was yeah about fifteen, maybe maybe sixteen, and I was struck by how it sort of it managed to encapsulate all this kind of cheesy, crappy eighties Hollywood films, but it elevated it somehow, and it kind of got rid of it, kind of disregarded all the all of the the eighties the eighties uh, things that you kind of dislike, maybe like the Duran Durans and the um, the Rick Astley's. <laughs> they had complete disregard for that, um, and it's not do, necessarily do think a pastiche. This, yeah, this film, I feel like it could have spurred because there was a bit of a, a wave, like a synth wave, on the internet, yeah. which kind of came up around possibly the same time. I feel like there's a you connection t- with that this film Drive synth in particular, wave, yeah. the way that the it's directed the visuals, the whole, the whole enchilada, yeah, the whole man. picture of it has just spurred the internet to be like, oh yeah, there's something cool about the technological. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Phase you had of the like 80s. the vaporwave aesthetic, didn't you? Which kind of like sort of was growing a little bit around that time, and then I guess burst into like mainstream attention yeah. aesthetics what, in like what's, the kind of what's vaporwave can we we're gonna vaporwave. go into the internet oh, genre of <laughs> <Should we laughs> I'm, I'm, so I'm glad you asked because i just nodded silently 
we're uh, we're on we're on sea shanties um, at the moment, but we were vaporwave uh, a few a few a few years Classic ago. What has happened with this sea shanty nonsense that everyone's going on about? Like, is everyone on, just playing though, fucking Black Flag again? I that's, think uh, there's a couple pirate it, games. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I like a good sea shanty, to be honest. Should we do one? <laughs> what, do, you, do you want to write one by the end of this? I don't have that much rum. Um, I only have about one more glass. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but um, for someone that doesn't have a car, for someone that hates <laughs> racing games, and for someone that isn't a huge fan of the Fast and Furious franchise, I'm I'm big on drive. I'm big on I'm big on the car scenes. I'm I'm big on them. Yeah, but I'm I'm not. I, I don't drive. I, I'm not big on cars, but I definitely did used to watch Top Gear. But mm. I wasn't really interested in the cars, to be honest. I just, I, 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 <laughs> you're interested in the reason, You're interested yeah. in clubs well, well, when, when you're 14, you don't understand what bigotry is. Mm. That's true. Yeah, because <laughs> when it's I the got, first when time it, you're experiencing like these old men in fast cars, and you're like, yeah, oh, and, if that's fast cars, and this is the kind of people that drive it, then like cool that's like normal right yeah the the older i got the more i realized that they're all despicable apart from james oh yeah i think james may the don't i don't yeah i reckon i reckon the stig is a wife beater (laughs) (laughs) i'll make a note of that time stamp uh, i think ryan gosling could be the stig he's he's that silent in this movie (laughs) (laughs) very true Love, love the link. Are you, in, are, you into, uh, are you into cars, into racing? Are you into motors, Isaac? I I want a car. Um, I think electric electric cars now. Can can mm. electric cars be cool? Can can you make a film today about electric cars and for yeah. them to have the same the same kind of history? Because I mean, cars have had a long history in films and in culture, um, mm. and it's kind of like that ownership the independence the like the you know dozen gas the whole yeah, the yeah, whole yeah. thing but now it's like no we we care more about our planet and you know we're quite climate conscious as a as a united people we're like yeah. is that like can, can we talk about electric cars in the same way are they cool I, i'm not i think so <laughs> let's find I, think, out. I think all it takes is a handsome actor to drive one in a uh in an aesthetic movie and there you, are. you know, there you've got. I think, I think, if we were to remake Drive today, there would be two things I would change. A, the cars <laughs> would be electric, or at least his car would be. <laughs> they, they would have, they, they'd have to be by twenty thirty four. Is it twenty thirty four? I think. Thing? I'll look it up. I'm pretty sure that's when <laughs> the the petrol and diesel ban is. Yeah, but what what's after electric? Though I feel like electric twenty thirty. It mate. Nine years. 2030. That's not Nine that years far away. in this country. No, that's not. Christ, we'll be the grand 34. scheme of things. Fucking hell, we'll be 34. Christ, can we get off this podcast now? <laughs> if we were to... <laughs> we'll, we'll leave this also, in there. I want to go cry. I want to talk, yeah. want to talk about another thing that's that cool. I change. Another thing I change in Drive. And that would be... To be honest with you, I don't think the female characters are given A, very good lines... It's B, not great, is it? Great screen time. I think that could be. I think that would have to be. Yeah, something to look at, Nicholas. That was that. That was the one thing I noticed watching this. It's weird. So, 
so the first time I watched Drive when I was fifteen, I thought it was the coolest fucking film I'd ever seen because yeah. it it is just all style and still still has substance. Yeah, yeah. And then I probably watched it again not long after that, and then I watched it again for the third time like, a couple of years ago when I showed it to my girlfriend at the time who'd never seen it before, but mm. had the hype of Drive built up around her. Oh yeah, classic. And she didn't really. She enjoyed it. She was just like, "Yeah, it's a bit overrated." And I thought, "Yeah, you're right. It is. It is quite overrated." Mm. So I'm so. I would never have watched this film again. Probably. I'm so glad you picked it because I think this is the most I've ever enjoyed this film. Interesting. I always find that when you show a film to someone else and you're kind of there, sort of almost like not really watching, but looking at their reaction to that film. Um, so I try, I try, I try very hard not to do that, and I'm pretty successful yeah. because then, I'm shit it, at it. then, uh, yeah, it is awful when you're trying. Well, she wanted to watch it. The difference, the when I struggle is when it's a film that I love. Mm. So I also tried. She, she showed me Baby Driver, which very tonally similar because I hadn't actually seen it at that point, which is mad because I fucking love Edgar Wright. I just missed it in the cinema for some reason. Show me Baby Driver and I loved it. So I immediately showed her Scott Pilgrim and she was just like, mm, it's, it's okay. Uh. I can see what, and I could see why it is it is so of its time. Yeah. yeah. But it's at the same naughty, time, there's no it? other there's no other film like it. So I thought it, it does kind of stand apart. So I was like, right, I'm going to show her Shaun of the Dead. She'll fucking love Shaun of the Dead. She hadn't seen Shaun of the Dead. She made me turn off Shaun of the Dead oh about 45 God. minutes in. Hot, f- hot Fuzz. Instant dumping. Yeah, Instant. but I I think Shaun of the Dead's better than Hot Fuzz. Well, I, I think Hot Fuzz is more I accessible. Because oh, it, it, it's like an action rip-off. Like, you know what it's taking the piss off, whereas Shaun of the Dead is very English. It's very... A certain type of life in london do you know what i mean and then it's like oh we'll go to the pub and it's like that's more of a we're taking the piss out of a lifestyle as opposed to you know uh, yeah, films that have mean. been in our culture for a long time and it's like more yeah, but, well visual mm. and i things. think i think Shaun of the dead is take it takes the piss out of the lifestyle but it's taking the piss out of zombie films but at the same time making one of the best zombie films there is <laughs> and hot fuzz <laughs> true, true. is taking the piss out of action films from the last like twenty years of when it was made, but it's also taken the piss out of that little England lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. The, like the small village, the isolationists. Mm-hmm. The essentially, it's taken the piss out of Brexiteers before Brexit. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Actually, it's an interesting observation. Uh, but I suppose, yeah, I suppose it's quite hard to define. I guess you're sort of then saying that people who live rurally are bigoted or something and i don't know if i feel comfortable with that narrative <laughs> well no yeah. i'm not that's but that is the film that's what they are in the film though that's true they yeah. don't want outsiders they don't want people messing up their yeah their the, way the, of life the thing, the, yeah, like, right. making yeah. their making their perfect place making the perfect place to live in their eyes mm, but the, the per, their perfect place to live involves murdering a lot of people so i wouldn't really oh. call it that perfect it would have been fantastic, though, wouldn't it, if you had? I'm not. I'm not saying everyone film in, in Western country. <laughs> no, I know, I know. Uh, I know, I know. I'm just. Uh, I'm being divisive. Uh, Twenty eight. Twenty eight days later, it gets a little bit like. So, that at the so end. those films, obviously, they're they're 
they're comedy pieces and they 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 take almost the laughter of it relates to the films that they're like clearly taking the piss out of but how how does drive oh yeah drive. reference <laughs> films how how does drive reference its films to you know how to to link and to kind of push the genre or whatever like the director was trying to do with drive it's obviously like oh he's used mm. what's what he knows or what right he's pastiching was... other films like yeah like pastiche, yeah. Would do. yeah for sure but i think it's interesting he, he does it in quite a serious way Nick, nicholas winds and reffin to the point where there's some scenes in drive where it's so moody it's so serious and Ryan Gosling sort of staring so much that it's a lit. It can be a little bit cringe now that I'm not 15. Yeah, yeah. I know. I I totally get that. <laughs> Do you know I what think I mean? That's where I was the last time I watched it. Mm. But I was like, this time I was just kind of on board for it. I was like, no, this is its its style. Like, Centrally. it's so good at what it's doing. It doesn't. I don't think it ever like loses its identity. This film. No, it doesn't. I think this entire film. I know it's. I, I didn't realise it was based on a book, even even though I've seen it four times it says in the opening credits. This is the first time I've noticed it's based on a book. Um, is it? But I, yeah. But I oh. before that, I thought this entire film was just built around um, Nicholas Winding Refn hearing a real hero and just being like, all right, I want to make an entire film that centres around this one song. <laughs> I it, want to make a it music entirely oh. does. <laughs> God, that's it, though, that song. I, I knew it's I was going to ask you about the soundtrack, but just oh, hearing those those lyrics, you know, real heroes, and it's just... I just... I just, I, I just think... I think it's one of the strongest soundtracks, in my memory at least, that I know of. Um I'd say in like our generation, it's probably like the yeah. most important. It's the most. I wouldn't say important, but it's most widely known. Yeah, it's it's Drive is one of those films where when you, you say like, "Have you seen Drive?" They'll go, "Oh yeah, amazing soundtrack." Whereas like other films that have an amazing soundtrack, not everyone will remember that part of it. I think the same can be said of a uh, Garden State. I'm all like, Garden all, State. What's that like? Oh, the soundtrack, on, mate, it's got. It's got Don't Panic by Coldplay, which is like Coldplay when they were really fucking good, as in okay. you know, their first album. It's got um, The Shins. <laughs> it's got, um, uh, Christ, it's got a really depressing song that's like, I can't remember what it's called. It's something about, I don't know how how I can live without you. I don't know if I can go on without you, which you just assume is about a woman. Turns out it's about alcohol. And a guy ah, singing about being alcoholic, but it's sung by the guy from um, Men at Work, the guys who sing "I Come from a Land Down Under." <laughs> I couldn't believe it sounds Can you completely do us different. Because I am, um, I'm not I singing. That. <laughs> no, okay, no. Um, I'll stick it in if I. It will pass copyright. Okay, amazing, amazing. So you were talking about a what were you talking about before that there was so you had. What were we talking about? I forgot what we were talking about. We were talking about the music. Yeah, we were talking about music, weren't we? Of course. Yeah, it does a lot for this film. I, It's it's one of those few films where um, I think it, without it being a musical, the actual lyrics of every song is not just like the, the genre that he's picked where they all sort of fit together mm. and create this nice tone. There's that scene where um, 
Oscar Isaac first comes back from prison oh, and he man. has his welcome Desire? home party. Yeah, yes. and it's like um, all I can think about is you is like the lyrics, and it just cuts between her like staring at Oscar Isaac, but clearly thinking about Ryan Gosling. Yeah, and yeah, Ryan yeah. Gosling like sat in his dingy little apartment, all the lights off, just the one spotlight on whatever bit of car he's working on. Just keeps coming between those and like the <laughs> lyrics and always working on those cars. It's so on the nose, <laughs> but I wouldn't say it it's great. ham-fisted. I think it. No, I think it works. It, it's like I said. It do, it does. I think it works. I mean, it does what it's set out to do. But it's not all about those eighties bangers. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. But they're but not eighties bangers, 80s... though, are they? <laughs> no, I guess they're not. <laughs> we keep saying it's so eighties. <laughs> this film 80s... is not set in the eighties. Eighties <laughs> <laughs> inspired, neo eighties yes. inspired bangers. But what I was going to say, Matt, um, is that there's a lot of ambient sort of Brian Eno-esque. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Like, a lot of that involved. I don't mind that. I quite like that too. Oh, I yeah. think that's a nice break from the sort of smashing synth. Yeah. Um, but interestingly enough, have you seen any of Nicholas Winding Refn's other films? I've seen Bronson. Yeah. And I started watching Only God Forgives, and I think, and I couldn't keep, going yeah. with that i wouldn't mind trying to watch it again I but i really felt like enjoy that at all i felt like that was just trying to make drive too and missing the point about mm. what made drive kind of cool yeah yeah because yeah. at the end of the day i think drive is kind of like a fairy tale i'm not saying mm-hmm. that it's like all happy rosy if you look like grim fairy tales they're fucking horrible but mm. it's always about like a beast essentially the driver is a beast helping a damsel in distress. Could, Matt, yeah. could could do you think you could tell the story from start to finish with these like very light characters and you know as if it was a fairy tale? I I want to hear how how fast and well you could do that. No, I don't <laughs> want to do that. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I would be going for ages. <laughs> And, and so it's not like Shrek. what might happen like is it might it <laughs> might fall like apart. It might my theory might fall apart as I'm doing it, and that's just too embarrassing to endure. What well, you've got the central lead who could be uh, just the beast. Yeah, I'd like say he's like the beast, or like a, like a werewolf type fi- figure. He's like a man. Yeah, he's a da- he's a dangerous man, though, isn't he? He's, he's, he he's has dangerous more skills. dangerous at night. Yeah, yeah. yeah cool. I, I I love that bit. Um, like when he's in the diner, and that guy recognizes him from like helping him with a job a few years back, and he's he offers him another job, and this is the first time that you see Ryan Gosling really actually it, it, um, display like any aggression or violence within himself. I got this sweet job coming up. How about this? Shut your mouth. I'll kick your teeth down your throat, and I'll shut it for you. Because before that, he talks about how he only drives. He doesn't do any of the planning, doesn't do any of the talking, doesn't even carry a gun. So you just think he's kind of like baby driver in the way that he just drives. And that's his that's his shtick. And he's a nice guy. But yeah. you realise that he is a nice guy who, well, he fucking says it himself. And it's the scorpion on the jacket. He he When he calls um, Marlin from Finding Nemo up, he says, do you know the tale about the scorpion and the frog? Do you, do you remember the tale about the scorpion and the frog? I don't. Can you tell me this tale? So I, I believe it's just like a fable. The um, scorpion and the frog want to cross a river. 
um, scorpion says, can I ride on your back? And the frog says, no, you'll sting me. And he says, well, no, I wouldn't do that. If I stung you, we'd both drown. Interesting. They start crossing the river. Scorpion stings the frog. The frog asks, why have you doomed us both? And the scorpion replies, it's in my nature to do so. Mm. Wow. So it's like, he wants, Ryan Gosling wants to be good, but he can't stop this, like, animalistic aggression. And it's never just, like, aggression for no reason. It is purely to protect, not just Kerry Mulligan, but the kid as well. Yeah. Like, he, the bond that he has with that kid. It seems like the only. It seems more of a bond than he even has with Irene. I think. Yeah, I think that too. There's more interaction, isn't there, between them? And we well, seems and like he's... he knows how to talk to the kid, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. He almost seems a little bit. I don't want to say he almost seems a little bit on the spectrum in this film. Um, oh, which yeah, is no, quite interesting. I, I, yeah, I would say he's quite childlike. Yeah, and he gets. He knows exactly what to do with the kid. Like the first time he meets him, they play the don't blink um, game, where it's, you know, they try not to blink or see who blinks first, which I like kind of calls back at the end where you're not Mm. sure if he's dead or not. And he's like, he's just been stabbed. He's lying in the car and he's not blinking. And you're thinking like, shit, is, is he dead? And then you can't blink because you don't want to miss if he blinks to see if he's alive or not. <laughs> and he ends up playing that game with the audience. There's a blink nice. off. There's a blink off between me and Ryan Gosling. <laughs> <laughs> blink off to have. He blinked talking me off of, hard. <laughs> talking of uh, talking of the director and his previous films, we've obviously mentioned Only God Forgives and Bronson. But have either of you seen the, because he's Danish, I think. Have you seen Pusher, which was shot in his native Denmark? No, I've always wanted to see Pusher. So Pusher is interesting. I I really love the films. They're they're great films. But they There's more than one. There's two, I believe. There's two Pusher films. Um, There may even be three. I'm not sure. I'll have to look. But it brings Mads Mikkelsen into kind of the Hollywood, I guess, the feature film spotlight. Mads is in in this. Mads. I might have to Pusher, change man. what my pick is for next week. No, and then he goes on to play like amazing, sort of ambiguously European villains in Hollywood films. <laughs> yeah, like and, TV. Sort of and TV, and TV, years, and TV, <laughs> and TV. Yeah, of course. And of course, um, he becomes uh, Hideo Kojima's best little friend, other oh than Norman Reedus. To be oh fair, he word. is the only good. Perf- Actually, do you know who else is in Death Stranding along with Mads Mikkelsen? Nicholas Winding Refn. He is as he a character, a character called Heartman. I forgot about that. See, that 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 whole game looks super weird. Have you seen it, Isaac? Have you seen any of the trailers? Yeah, I watched the trailer of that. Oh, man, can, <laughs> we, can we? Can we? Please, we right. We definitely. Uh, you don't. You don't have PS4s, do you? I've got a spare yeah. PS4 now, so I can lend you once once things are safe. Mm. Could, could we watch you play you it? Because we'd still be experiencing no, you'd be, it you'd together. You'd be bored as fuck. You'd oh, it's not that important. kind of it game. Is, it is a total... Isaac, you'd fucking love it. It is the most medita- meditative game. It is, it is a pure meditation experience playing that game. I didn't <laughs> think I was going to enjoy it. I wow. think towards the end, it get, the cutscenes just get so much and the dialogue is so fucking terrible. Uh, it looks... I mean, I... I and I it's watched, so batshit uh, crazy. But the, the, yeah. the act of just travelling across America, transporting stuff, sounds so boring on paper... 
And it's not like it's incredibly exciting. It, it does get exciting, but it's just like this really fulfilling... I, I've never played a game quite like it. I completely understand why so many people hate it, and it's not for them, but it just clicked for me. And Nicholas Wine and Refn is kind of good in that, I will he's say. He's kind of in it. I, I he's, sometimes he's, do he's very prominently in it. Yeah, I sometimes do this thing where like, I'll watch... So after a game's been out for a while and people have kind of had their hands on it and they've recorded footage, etc., they'll kind of compile all the cutscenes into like a game movie and, and kind of skip all of the non-essential gameplay. Do you guys have you guys ever watched like a, a a sort of movie version of a game before on YouTube? I did when I was a lot younger yeah. and um I was really excited about getting Dead Rising, but because I love zombies, but I was also terrified of horror stuff. And even though Dead Rising is mostly funny, it is still quite creepy and unsettling. So, and I couldn't play it, so I ended up watching all the cutscenes together. But mm. I, it, that doesn't work with games because you get sto- You no. don't just get story and cutscenes. Like, yeah. Imagine yeah. The Last of Us if it was only the cutscenes. You'd be like, "What the fuck's oh going my on?" God. And Red Dead, like all of the amazing yeah. little little it's, sort it's, of interactions. It's the conversations the you're having whilst moving, like totally. Yeah, totally. I don't. I don't get that. That's why I don't get the i i I sort of get the idea of let's plays for certain games, but like narrative games, which I sort of do get as well because it's easier to just ingest it. But it it is that interaction. Like mm. I'm sure we mm. will eventually talk about the Last of Us Part Two and what that does with the the, the Last of Us Two. The Last of Us is being made into a TV show, and I think could definitely works a tv show especially especially if they get nicolaj costa waldo waldo as in jamie lannister <laughs> to play joel oh they're is, gonna get him to play joel I've, he got asked if he was in it and he said that he was like playing the first he didn't say no basically uh, okay, i think he'd be amazing as joel um think? Quite but i think he... i think the first game would that that plot story works as a series i think I don't think you yeah, can do the second one as a series or a film because it's about you having control. It's about forcing you to have empathy more so than you would watching a film. I know Robert Roger Ebert, the famous critic, called films the great empathy or the cinema the great empathy machine, which I really like. But I think games are way more the great empathy machine now because you are in control. You you are you haven't your agency gives you more not responsibility but connection to what you're doing mm-hmm. like playing mm-hmm. the last of us one i protected the fuck out of ellie like she was my own fucking daughter i don't want kids but after the last of us i wanted ellie <laughs> disclaimer i don't want children i <laughs> know uh, i'll tell you what after covid i've started thinking that i wouldn't mind kids one day but i think it's just so i can tell them how fucking mad shit was when i was 20 Four, five. Oh Christ! Anyway, what are you got? What you guys been getting up to? Like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, drive. Yeah, come on, stay on topic, man. What the hell, man? No, I no the topic. No, the topic is. I think the topic is um, caring about children. You know, because in Drive, uh, you know, Gosling clearly oh, caring about that child. Oh, that's a great segue. Yeah, bringing it back. Why? What happens to Oscar Bring Isaac? Back why, me, baby. why does? Why did you think Brian Gosling's character feels the need to almost have this so, father 
like fire within him. Wow. Yeah. So I guess at the start of the film, Oscar Isaac is in jail, and Ryan Gosling kind of come, kind of come becomes this, uh, ah. I guess, sort of surrogate father for um, for this this child whose um, ah. name whose name escapes me. Benicio. Um, Benicio. And so when Oscar Isaac is released from jail, which kind of Ryan Gosling, I keep calling him Ryan Gosling, the driver doesn't realise um, it's, it's going to happen until sort of, um, it sort of gets slapped upon him. Um, then they kind of, there's this sort of masculine tension between them and this kind of strange sort of like relationship. So the, the child doesn't quite know how to act around um, around them both. And it's, and and it's kind, kind of, of like good and bad as well, because as an yeah. audience, you're kind of like, you know that the, Oscar Isaac character is bad because he's been to jail, but then mm. at the same time, a relationship is you know, yeah, yeah, at stake. I I don't know. I think I think this film does quite a good job at making you sympathise with Oscar Isaac within the first scene. He comes back. I felt you sorry think, for him. You think that um, he's just like you assume. Oh, he's the ex-husband, or he's the husband in prison. He's got to be a right wrong, and when he comes back, all hell's gonna kick off between him and yeah. the driver but that first scene with him he talks about like he shows remorse and regret for what he did you don't really know what ended him up in prison you assume robbery because that's yeah. what he ends up doing i wouldn't say i don't think it's anything as bad as murder maybe assault but he definitely shows remorse and he and um guilt at losing time with his family and even when he has the little moment with the driver in uh, the hallway, it's tense. But at the same time, you do think that he is kind of grateful that she had someone. Yeah, like when, I guess he, you, when he you... says, thank you, I don't think he's saying it to just um, play or save face or act up, up or anything. I think he genuinely is same. thanking him. Yeah. I'd probably do the same, I think, yeah. if I... I mean, I don't plan on You would, on of course, worry, but, yeah. you know... Sure. Yeah. It was the first. I mean, I mean, Drive was the first time I personally had come across Oscar Isaac, and he's become like Same. one of my all-time favorite actors of the last like decade. I'd say. I absolutely love him. He's going to be Solid Snake in the Metal Gear Solid movie. It, inside Lewin Davis. Oh man, what film. a film! If you've seen that film, oh. um, Matt, have you seen that film? I have, and I would very much like to watch that again. It's the Coen brothers, and it you don't know if it's real or not. It's very it's super like weird, the, isn't it? Films like that just they're just this tone. I think I watched that in the cinema, expecting something maybe more than it actually was, because it felt mm. like a biopic, and I wasn't ready for that. And then you kind of leave being like, "Well, I drew what I drew from it was like this could these lifelike characters, and that that in itself was pretty cool." Totally. I think. Yeah. yeah, so you kind of went, you film. kind of went to the cinema expecting this grandiose sort of musician biopic, but like you were left with something more, maybe or. Yeah, I I don't know. I I kind of was just like, cool. It's the Coen Brothers. They always do kind of, kind of straight cut films, mm-hmm. and I I just didn't think that it would be so close to reality that. Yeah. Oh, it's I horrible was... how close to reality it is. Yeah, like, that I was like. That questioning is this not a real person has this not happened like hello you're you're so you're so used to like especially music biopics it's not a biopic but film even films about musicians for them to have their success like even though a star is born ends incredibly depressingly 
she has her success. It's the fact that you realise that he never gets it, and he's ne- he, mm. and it's not because he's not good. He just he's just unlucky. Yeah. Like you think of all these people, like these incredible artists that we've probably never even heard of, because they've never got that film. There's that film, um, Searching for Sugar Man. Oh yeah, which what is kind a great of similar. Film. Yeah. Yeah, I love that film. Have you seen that, Isaac? I've heard of it. Yeah, who who's who plays? It's, uh, it's this kind of, it's this, it's. I guess it's a documentary. Would you say, Matt? Yeah. It's uh, so it's basically there's a guy from Detroit who kind of made a lot of music in maybe the maybe the late seventies, eighties, and he kind of faded into obscurity. He didn't really become kind of come become the successful musician that he kind of wanted to be, and he ends up working in construction for most of his life. Uh, and this is a real story. But um, in South Africa, one of his albums is huge. And every South African family, pretty much, every middle-class oh, South yeah. African family owns a copy of his record. And he didn't know. He's still working in construction in Detroit. He has no idea this is happening. Um, and he he is kind of, I guess, some um, links are made and some people realise that he's you know, really famous and really popular, but he's never kind of performed live or even been to South Africa. So they take him on tour around the country and yeah. he's just like completely blown away and just amazed by the response and the fact that he has this fan base. <laughs> wow. Really cool. wow. What was it? What's the niche? What, why do you think that happened? What What was the kind of, was it a cultural sure. thing? Or? I definitely think it was, um, I suppose, yeah, I don't know. I suppose he probably didn't have the, he might not have had the right image. Uh, and there might have been a lot of music that was considered quite samey in the States at that time. So he sort of didn't really break through because it was sort of all sort of, I guess, um, bundled together. Um, hard, to, hard to distinguish between different artists at that time, maybe. But he, for some reason, just caught on in South Africa, Africa and um, I love it. Cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they love it. Every South African loves it. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> love it. <laughs> when did it come out? 2014? I think I saw it then. So I'm not sure. Yeah. It was when I started film class. That so was when I literally watched every single film, which is why I think that's when Lewin Davis came out as well. Is that when you got into films, Matt, when you when you started studying them? Or did, had you had a pro- was, prior sort I, of interest I, in them? In the, no, well, I definitely had a prior interest in them. I watched a lot of mm. them. But yeah, I think Drive, probably actually before I saw Drive, I'd seen like Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. And I remember the, I, I'd liked Pulp Fiction, but I remember the, which I saw first. But I remember the first time I saw Reservoir Dogs. Do you want to know how I watched Reservoir Dogs? And it, <laughs> it is still my favourite Tarantino film, despite the fact that yeah, I first same, watched man. it. Same. I watched it on a fucking PSP with a UMD disc <laughs> when I was on holiday, and oh, I was I was absolutely enthralled. What a time! Um, yeah, I think it's his best film. It's because it's the only film that's an it's the only Tarantino film that's an hour and a half, which I fucking mm. loved about Drive. Why can't yeah, we have films that are an hour and a half, hour and forty minutes anymore? Why they always nice got to be little... two and a half hours? Yeah, like, it pisses I, me off, man. I get when it's two and a half hours and it flies by, I'm like, fuck yeah. Or if it feels like it's necessary, but the fucking Irishman, like I love Scorsese. <laughs> I yeah, love him. Goodfellas is one of the greatest. It is probably the greatest. No, it's not, but it's one of the absolute greatest films ever made. Tax driver. 
um, why can't I think of it? The Departed. Yeah, Gang New York's right. I love The Departed. Oh, man, a lot of people Departed, I know so. actually our age haven't seen that film, which is quite strange. But they I have know. seen Goodfellas. Uh, but yeah, it's a great film. Departed is so good. It's weird that like um, it, that that's the one that he won the best. It's the first time he won the best director Oscar. Is it? Interesting. And I feel I think that was more of a we need to give you this now kind yeah, of like yeah. DiCaprio and The Revenant. Yeah, uh, you might as well I, have this. I, yeah, I'm like, if you're not going to give DiCaprio the Oscar for um, what's eating Gilbert Grape, which I don't, if, if you've seen that, yeah, well, like seen the, it. yeah, like his Johnny performance in that, that, yeah, Johnny Depp, uh, his performance in that is one of the best performances I've ever seen in, in like anything, and he didn't win any Oscar for it, and it feels weird mm. that he then wins it for The Revenant. Where I'm just like, it's just him. Mm. And I feel like he won it because of what he put himself through. As opposed to his actual performance. Right. So like his his method rather than yeah. his actual. Yeah. Interesting. I wonder if, I wonder if like artists, sorry, I wonder if performers rather like Ryan Gosling can even be considered the same caliber because he's a good actor and he's good in drive as a kind of stoic sort of starey handsome man but i don't know do you think well, ryan gosling is a good actor i do because of the big short and the nice guys mm. where he, nice i guys think the mark, i think the mark of a good actor is when they can do comedy yeah when yeah, they can switch to com- i don't think it's when a comedy actor can switch to drama like i know oh man what about steve carell adams actually to be fair i was thinking about foxcatcher the other day because Steve Carell in Foxcatcher is one of the most fucking unsettling performances I've ever seen in my life. It's so bizarre, isn't it? It's it just so, so weird. It's great. I mean, it's yeah, so I good. But I, I think when drama does come, like Ralph Fiennes in um, Grand Budapest Hotel, I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't believe how funny yeah, it was. In that His comic yeah. timing <laughs> in that is just fucking impeccable. Even I know I'm going to say it, and it's and it's it may be slightly controversial, but even Chris Hemsworth in some of the more sort in of, the four. Thank yeah. you. I was oh, going to say that one. next. He's become he's a good so comic fucking actor funny. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, he's not it, it opens actor. you up as well, doesn't it? Yeah, it opens you up to loads of other potential. Because as soon as you do yeah. comedy, it's like yeah. anyone can understand humor. Like totally, you, even totally. if you don't understand a joke, you know it's supposed to be funny, or you know that there's a there's like a pin that drops, and you're like, oh, like now I laugh, or at least you appreciate the joke, the art of the joke. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's at least you're kind of showing people that you don't take yourself so seriously as well, which is quite interesting. Mm. So I think there's definitely artists, there's definitely musicians, actors who I know are incredibly serious with their roles, like Daniel Day Lewis. Um, and Nick Cave that I just kind of I like, but I'm a little bit put off by the level of pretentiousness, maybe, or yeah. the kind of, that kind of aura around them. I don't know. It's, hard, it's like a hardness, isn't it? You're like, whoa. Yeah, it is like, a hardness. Whoa. You're right. I do get that sometimes with Daniel Day Lewis, but then I watch a film he's in, and I'm like, no, you are Mike, probably are the fucking greatest actor ever. Like there <laughs> will be amazing, blood. I watched yeah. um, the Phantom Man. Fred for the first time recently, and to be fair, he's quite funny in that. Okay. That is a weirdly funny film that I was not expecting. It's not like a comedy. No. But I've um, not seen it. I've not seen the Phantom Thread. It's good. It's very good. I don't think it's his um Paul Thomas Anderson's best. But mm. I am someone who fucking loved Inherent Vice. 
and I, I went you? to see, yeah, I went to see that with uh, a girl I was going out with, as I saw a lot of films with, and um, she walked out. <laughs> no, did you stay? Yeah, because I was loving it, and I get why. Because the because like the point of because Inherent Vices presents itself as like a hard boiled sort of detective noir thing. You expect that you, you know it's going to have you've got to follow this plot, you've got to understand what's going on. But um, it's really like because he's so stoned when he's playing or when he's doing it, the p- plot doesn't make any sense to you because it makes no fucking sense to him. You're like you're like living in his world and <sighs> wait, have you seen Isaac? Wait, what's the film? Wait, what? <laughs> it's Inherent Vice. Oh, oh, I haven't watched it. I haven't watched it. Oh, okay. It's, think, it's very good. If you, if when you, um, like, I can't tell you what the plot is because it's, it's, it's inconsequential. It doesn't matter. But because it's a detective sort of, for, well, it presents itself as a detective story. You think that it's going to have a lot more importance than it actually does. What's actually yeah. important is just what happens to him. And that's um, Paul Thomas Anderson, isn't it? Yeah, and uh, Joaquin Phoenix. And Joaquin. 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 I'll tell you what. Do you know, a little bit of news about Joaquin made me cry when he named his uh, kid, his first kid River. When I read that, I had a little cry. Oh, man. Well, because of his brother, for those that don't know, for the, for the listeners, his brother was named River, wasn't he? Yeah. What a fan. Oh, mate. Have you seen um, my own private Idaho with him and Keanu Reeves? With River? Yeah. I've never seen a River Phoenix film ever. You've not seen um, Stand By Me? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, sorry. And and he plays um, young Indiana Jones in uh, The Last Crusade. You know, the beginning of The Last Crusade, when it opens with the flashback of him like stealing the thing and he gets on the train and then he does the lion tame him. That's River Phoenix. Good. Rolling down the river. Uh, rolling. Yeah. Rolling. Um, Ain't no river long well, enough. I think we've sort of found the format Ain't of this no podcast, haven't enough. we? It's we st- we bring one topic to the table and we talk about fifty other films. <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, I think that's good. But, but that's I'm good. fine I like with that because I yeah, don't think cool. there's any other podcast that's got it. We should. We, I don't think we said at the start that this is our first podcast. Oh, I may re. I may record a pre-intro intro to this. You should, yeah. I think you should. I think you to should point say out, like who say we are that, like, and like we had an idea and it and it. I think we found fact, a new idea whilst making. Yeah, it. the fact the fact that we can talk about so many topics that that should be our thing. Like if if Matt like you want to talk about a game at length, we'll just talk about games. And like if if I bring to the table this book or you know something else, we'll just talk about that. And it can be a bit looser than just. Oh, we just talk about films, and it's Definitely. just that because I I, I mm. feel more comfortable talking about other topics and specifically films because at least you're kind of learning loads of lots of little things and putting little things out there. <laughs> That's why I listen to podcasts because of the the bizarre little weird the tangents. Yeah, it's I love conversation, it. isn't it? If drive if drive was a video game, maybe we can go around it's the table like so to speak. I mean, yeah, there's that game. So if if you were to make Drive as a video game, um, what would what would it be? What genre would it be? What would the kind of mechanics be, in your opinion, Isaac? Uh, have Have you played this uh, game called The Wolf Among Us? Mm. It's a telltale kind of interactive game. I think that would work quite well. 
because uh, cause it's kind of you, you get to choose and I think that film you don't quite know all the time why the characters do what they do and the, the protagonist that would be quite cool and also you could uh, you could weigh in on other people's decisions what happens to them like what what would happen to the the girl or the little kid or you know I think that would be quite cool and also you do get these kind of action sequences button mashing I think is quite mm. <laughs> I, lo- I love oh, yeah, I love simple mechanics in games you know when it just is like press a loads of times so I'm like, oh yeah <laughs> I can I do can that <laughs> press x three times like sort of run by pressing x loads of times yeah, yeah. what do you mean man I played this really good um I played this really amazing game it was a walking dead kind of uh, yeah it was a walking dead game I don't know if you've played that before um but it's very yeah, much like yeah. that yeah yeah, yeah. It's super narrative driven very much all about decision making and um, yeah. all that kind of stuff it's the Sounds same company similar. that have made that game is it made lo- yeah there's lo- there's loads of oh, that man. type of your interact yeah games, so though. what how did you feel when you were playing it that you had the choice of kind of you were able to talk different lines and then that led yeah. on to a different version of the narrative for you because you would have played it a different way to anyone else and then you would have yeah, got yeah, a different yeah. story I'm really into yeah. games that are like so you've got your fixed narrative structure haven't you where you have like a kind of illusion of choice um, you can yeah. have this illusion of choice usually in RPGs etc maybe more linear games kind of the illusion of choice at the start but as you gradually progress choices get narrower and narrower and you kind of end up with the same sort of outcome don't you a lot of the time i'm really into like what's i guess the first is a pyramid i'm really into i guess more of a circle where kind of every decision is interlinked and there's not a kind of fixed narrative and things are exploratory um and you can kind of end up with loads of different um yeah loads of different multiple endings i guess um it's the kind of simple way of saying it but yeah Yeah. that sounds cool then boy do i have the game for you ryan have oh, you yeah. heard of Disco Elysium? No, I haven't. Disco. Oh, Elysium. Disco Elysium. Right. So, we're, right. This is name. one that we would actually have to like. We should definitely do it, but we'd have to do it as an actual episode where we only talked about it because I would happily play for it again and do it differently, and we each talk about what happened with our story. So basically, you play as a cop who wakes up with no memory. Um, and you've got to solve a crime. But instead yeah. of um, there being any combat, I mean, there is, there's not really combat. It's it's all dialogue based. Mm. And your skills, like, so, you know, like if you're playing Fallout or something, you get your skill check. Like, so, oh, if you've got Charisma 8, you can use this response and you can probably get out of a fight. Yeah. It takes that to the next level where I think there's six... 24 different skills but they're not skills they're voices inside your head okay wow so there's like empathy um volition um so it categorizes it into like i think Mm. mind body um psychic which is more like or like spiritual kind of but uh, yeah it's i'd say it's much better if you just play it but like my and because he's an amnesiac you you he has no idea who he is you have no idea who he was so you end up essentially creating him as a blank slate oh interesting so you so in the process of playing you create your own character i guess yeah by choosing certain 
you pre so you choose certain you do assign skill points at the start interesting but um the different responses that you choose add to those skills or give you more xp or open up new avenues and expand those different skills or maybe expand different ones um like i played where i put my i put a lot of points into the skill uh inland empire which makes my mm. tie talk to me because i'm a, i'm essentially going crazy but i don't the problem is i don't know if i am going crazy or if my tie actually was talking to me the problem is <laughs> right it's one of those games where i was literally probably about 20 minutes from finishing it and then i just stopped playing it because I kind oh, of I didn't want it to shit. end. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you saw I, I mean, I solved, the, I solved yeah. the crime. So I kind of finished it. Um, and some really cool shit happened. No, it's it's coming to... Um, I know it's definitely coming to Switch at some point. It's on right. PC at the moment. I played it on my Mac on like 15 frames per second. But it's not a high... It's, it's you right. like walking around a map just talking to people. So it doesn't really need to be high frame. It is so cool. So oh, amazing! Nice. So I can highly break. I've never played a game like it. It like I'm trying to play other RPGs since has really been difficult because I'm like the Disco Elysium is what every other RPG promises and doesn't deliver. Mm. I think Disco That's Elysium actually delivers it. It's interesting, uh, isn't it? I guess how I guess how certain genres I guess get lazy and fall into. Um, fall into kind of very similar patterns, don't they? And you kind of like almost grow to expect a role-playing game to give you the illusion of choice, to give you a certain experience. But like, that's just a status quo and that actually we can do better than that. Um, I really liked Fable for that reason. If you played Fable, the... Um, love the Fable. F- yeah, the classic, the oh, classic game, Fable. Fable. Mm-hmm. If you played it, Isaac. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess it's similar to that in some ways. I mean, it's definitely got a fixed narrative, but it's a lot more like... I guess it was one of the first games I played where your like physical appearance and your morality is in in question, and you're kind of they're both linked, and you're sort of um, yeah. I guess you customize your character through your decisions in terms of the way it looks. Um, oh, it was so cool! Like the first time I went evil with, when I yeah. played Fable, I started growing horns and like getting and or like if you put a load of points into magic, you start like growing blue veins. If you put it into strength, you have loads of muscles. If you put it into is it skill? Yeah, like the yeah. shooting one gets really tall. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know yeah. why shooting makes you tall. It's so weird, isn't it? Like for some reason, like elves are just tall and they shoot arrows, and it's just why, why? I know yeah, that, like that that game definitely had like a lot of problems with Peter Molyneux, the designer. Yeah, over promising. Yeah, totally. But I played it without knowing those promises. Yeah, and I probably even knowing it. about game dev stuff then. You probably didn't know that much about... I, I, I don't know if you I did. Think, no, not really. I knew, like, studios because they pop up before the game starts. Yeah. So I would, like, if I saw, like, Capcom or... I'm talking so long ago, fucking Squaresoft, before they were Square Enix. Oh, yeah. Um, Fucking Final Fantasy VII and all that. Like, oh, I, I recognise... That was, like, more of a director thing... As I got older, I started wanting to watch films based on directors. I think when I was younger, I wanted to watch films based on actors. Yeah, totally. Now, now it's purely. Yeah, I agree that. I agree with that. Yeah, I still, with I still that, do watch films on based on actors. It's interesting with that though, isn't it? Because w- I guess you get like when you get a combination of both, great. But like you get so many, 
kind of castings that you might look at on paper and think, yeah, that looks absolutely trash. But then when you watch it, it's amazing. Like seeing Shannon Tatum in Hail Caesar and seeing yeah, like, that. it's a good film. But I, thought, and, I thought the same with Shannon Tatum and Foxcatcher. Exactly. He, he's Perfect. Yeah, and Steve Carell film. as well. Like he's genuinely yeah. really good. Um, yeah. So, yeah, absolutely amazing. And I think Drive is one of those films that has... It has a fantastic director, but then when you look at the cast, you're like, fuck, this is, in retrospect, like a huge, a huge cast. I don't, I don't know if it was a huge cast as such at the time. I don't mm. like 2011, so Breaking Bad had been on three years. 2008, yeah, Breaking yeah, Bad. Yeah, so, yeah, so, but Breaking Bad just got bigger and bigger as it went on. Like, yeah. I it feel wasn't like big it in became 2008. A, or, yeah, it was. I watched it in 2008. Sure. When it first came out, I remember um, being in the car with my brother, and he said, "You've got to watch this new show. It's about uh, a chemistry teacher who gets cancer and starts cooking meth with his old ex student." And I was like, <laughs> yes. "This sounds like the fucking trashiest, so best show ever." <laughs> yes. it's, like, fucking it's, good. Such a, it's such a high concept, and it shouldn't work. It's just good TV, isn't it? It's that hook that. The fact that Matt, the fact that your brother could explain it to you with that such like an em- emphasis and like just yeah, feeding it's quick like and he was, yeah, and it's just Ooh. like whoa, and every episode leaves yeah. you feeling like oh my god, this this next so thing is going to happen, it's going to get found out or something. Yeah, it just keeps ramping up. Every episode had that fizz of just <laughs> but but Isaac, are you are you part of the greatest truth when it comes to breaking bad have you watched better call saul i've watched all better call saul and the the film Mate. that came out and okay, for, right. for a while so i hated better call that, saul. yeah <laughs> yeah we definitely can but can we, we just to, yeah. quickly find out because i think i think i've talked to you about this right i i think better call saul is better than breaking bad Dude, i don't know man but I haven't. The problem is that could be recency bias. Yeah, it's right. good. It's good. It's just it's, so it's the same. Though. It's in so the same world. It's the same kind of tone, except it's, it's not. It's, it's, it's different. different. It's about yeah. watching. It's it's about watching a pathological liar lie yeah. so much to the point where, and he lies so well that even like even though he just keeps on lying every single episode, I still think at times he's being truthful. I'm still mm. like. I'm still a bit <laughs> deceived by him. Yeah, oh, oh. and it's, that's the charm I, of the actor, though, isn't it? I think oh, that's Brian Cranston. Brilliant. It's just his. Oh, no, I'm talking about Better Call Saul now. Oh, we wait. Better Call Saul is he is it, Better Call Saul is a pure pathological liar. Like yeah, you just can't stop so. lying. He's so charming, like, yeah. though, isn't he? Like you're saying, yeah, yeah, so charming. Um, yeah, I agree. I think I think it's interesting because Brian Cranston in Drive is an interesting character choice because I feel like very different although he's 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 good in it he's okay in it he's not uh, I think not, he's really good in it yeah he's good in it but like I don't know personally I don't feel like there's any part of his role that really stands out to me um and kind of makes me feel like you know this guy's this guy's gonna be or is currently embarking as a lead actor on one of the biggest series in the world ever you know, it's no, I, I know, I know, yeah, I know what you mean. It, it, it's understated. Mm. I think I definitely appreciated it. Well, it's weird. So yeah, I watched the first season of Breaking Bad in 2008 when I was 13, and I just sort of thought it was cool. But I didn't. 
it, it, I, it wasn't ready for me. It wasn't until I think maybe 2012, I then went back to it. So I'd watched the first season when it came out and then stopped. And then after that stopped and then went back. So that was, so when I saw Drive, I'd kind of forgotten who Brian Cranston was, even though I grew yeah. up with him in Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. The only thing about right? Malcolm in the Middle I remember is, what's his face? Malcolm. What about the mum? The mum, Frankie Muniz. Is it Frankie yeah, Muniz? To be fair, he's, yeah. yeah, Frankie Muniz. Yeah. Didn't isn't there something about Frankie Muniz? Didn't he have like a brain condition or something? Where I think he's I think he's quite a troubled guy. Um, and he's I got health he has issues like as well. Severe so mem- like severe memory loss issues or or something. I feel like I remember reading somewhere that he can't remember he- much of Malcolm in the Middle. He went into driving. He went to like sort of NASCAR driving sort of, I guess he went to that sort of area after he, he quit acting because he was just so loaded from acting. So he went to driving and went to racing, sorry. Um, <laughs> wow. <and laughs> he, he was the dream. When I was growing up, he was the, the kid that I, I wanted to be. I think, yeah. No, I, I, <laughs> the, be I did not want to be him. I <laughs> wanted to be him. <laughs> You wanted Mate. to be you wanted to be Frankie Moon, Ed Isaac. I wanted to be, <laughs> yeah. I wanted to be the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. <laughs> no man, I wanted to be I wanted to be um oh who's that superhero? The electric guy. He was on TV. He he like he would like fly around on like a bin lid and he was like static shock. Static shock. Do you remember him? What? <laughs> what? Is, is this a fever dream? <laughs> or is this a childhood trauma that you've repackaged as a kid? What you did in the playground. This is like. This is static shock, baby. If you Google static shock TV show, you'll see. You'll see. And he was just the coolest superhero. He had a bin lid. He sort of. He was like kind of cruising around the city on this I, bin. I thought you were talking about um was it Ace Lightning? I'm, I'm having to Google it. I I've Ace never Lightning. seen static oh I've never Ace. seen static shock static in my life. Shock. I've never well, you're heard about to get it. a bloody static Woo! shock because it's amazing. Ace Lightning. IMDB oh disagrees seven point three. Actually it's good. He's got a pretty Ace cool hairstyle. It's literally brought back so many memories. That's so weird. Ace Lightning Fucking amazing, Mate, Ace Lightning. We should do. We should definitely just do one on, um, like kids TV. Madness. Like yeah, how that's really fucking weird memories, it was, mate. and how fucking great it was. I mean, I could do an entire one on um, Phineas and Ferb, but I didn't even watch that when I was a kid. I watched that when I was about fifteen. Man, I mean, you've had a resurgence <laughs> in recent years, Matt. You've you, the last Airbender. You're on that now. I'm not on it. I'm done with it. I'm not done I'm with on. it. I'm gonna. I'm definitely gonna watch it again. I'm on it, Sam. Isaac. Have you seen the last Airbender? You know what? I've watched an episode or two. The first one where they're in the ice caps and the um. Yeah. <laughs> and they've got the like snow powers. That's the first episode. <laughs> That's the first episode. Oh no! I watched. I watched three or four of them, and I was loving it. And I couldn't remember. It's it's, it's the greatest show what, I've made. How I was watching Hands it. Down. Yeah. <laughs> it is cool i didn't think i was gonna like it i don't i don't like the look of it and it's not until you i think it's just um you have to kind of watch a few animes to kind of learn it that but that's I, the style I think, and things i think it's perfect like 
baby's first anime. I think because it's Western, it doesn't... I was talking to Ryan about this earlier. It doesn't have this weird... Um, the the thing you get with Japanese anime... like I One of my favourite shows ever is Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. That might be like three. I think it would go Airbender, Mad Men, Mate, Full Metal Alchemist, Firefly. What's it? What? Last Airbender? 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yep. I fucking told you. It is fucking phenomenal. And it's got 100%. What else has got? Has anything else got 100%? To be fair, I have nothing nothing bad to say about it. It was good. It's very good. It's an episode, mate. (laughs) (laughs) That was me. All that rating was for me. That first episode, you have to watch it. Let me have a look and see what Drive's got. Because I always go for. I'm really. I don't know about you guys, but with reviews, I'm really kind of, I'm quite swayed. swayed. I'm mm, quite swayed. Yeah, by I can be. I would only watch something if it's like a 70% plus on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't trust IMDb. I don't go anywhere near IMDb. It's rigged. I use Letterboxd. Um, if you don't have Letterboxd, I highly recommend it. I think it is Letterboxd. the best version of IMDb because it works. You log films, have oh, a I watch have list, but it looks really, yeah. it's got fuck. It's got really sweet UI. Oh, I love it. Um, yeah, it's like people's reviews and things, and, and, and it is it's honest, and it's yeah. proper film lovers. It's not like yeah, IMDb, yeah. which literally just shows you every film. It yeah. is based on what people are watching or what people want Definitely. to watch or what's popular. Like, um, I don't know if I. I'm trying to think if there's anything on the letterbox that I probably wouldn't have watched, but I know I de- definitely do get re- swayed by those reviews. But sometimes I have to like stop myself and think, no, just. Try and watch this film yeah. form your own opinion. Have some um, autonomy, for sure. Not long ago, a friend made me watch Have You Seen Spree? Which is now on Netflix, the one starring right. Joe Keery from Stranger Things. Oh, man. I love that so, guy. The premise is he plays a... Uh, it, have you seen, like, Falling Down? Or... Um, I'm trying to think. It's, it's basically a film about a man... He basically plays a streamer, a vlogger, um, who can't make it big. So he decides to make it big by taking some um, extreme, doing some extreme measures. And I thought it sounded a bit campy, a bit exploitative, um, and probably like it wouldn't live up to its potential. But it did so much that I'm like. It, it kept surprising me. It there's even a bit in it where it has um like a not a twist as such, but but it, it's a, like a twist within this sequence, which is lifted directly from another film. And if I tell you what film it is, you'll know when you see it the sequence. And it still surprised me. And it kept surprising me. And I was just like, you know what? For what this film is, it's fucking good. And I would give it an eight. And it got like sevens i think it got some sixes as well but like oh man that's that's when i'm saying no i know it's bad but when it gets sixes i'm 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 out man but that's maybe that's something i need to change i think uh, you definitely do yeah because i um my ex was definitely like uh she would just watch anything like if i've got that problem with i get choice paralysis on netflix if i'm scrolling through i'm like oh christ oh do i want to watch this do i want to watch this this is why I was so happy that like we've got this podcast where I'm forced to watch one film 
not forced, but I'm like, no, this is the film that I'm going to watch and I'm going to enjoy. I've got you. A, I've got you a gunpoint, Matt. I've got people outside uh, your house, and if you don't watch this film, yeah, you're dead meat, kid. And I needed it. And, but she'll just watch anything. And sometimes she's like, yeah, it's a bit shit. Sometimes she's like, yeah, it's fucking great. There's a line though, man. I'm not about to put on some Dwayne Johnson blockbusters. I'm sorry. I love you, Dwayne, but um, you're a stinker. Oh no, I, me and Isaac went to go see <laughs> Baywatch. And oh I had wow. To, and I had to get quite pissed to enjoy it. And I still didn't enjoy it to the point where I fell asleep. We didn't. Oh, we, we, we did enjoy it. I, I think we, we got drunk because we were like, this will be a fun watch. Um, I still fell asleep. And the last, do you know, the last time I fell asleep in the cinema was like fuck, when I went to see fucking Mulan when I was free. I don't fall asleep in the cinema. Oh no, I fell asleep when we went to see Suicide Squad, <laughs> the midnight oh. screening, because that film is Man. fucking atrocious. <laughs> yeah, that film's oh. shit, but midnight screenings though, I I really miss those. I, I would love to go to a midnight screening with you two sometime soon, please. But the problem is, I don't know... Like, now there's no Star Wars. I don't have that, like, the, the thing that I really want yeah. to see a midnight screening for. Like, I would have quite liked to have seen Endgame midnight screening, but I'm quite glad I didn't because it's three hours long. So basically, Isaac's laptop just completely died on him. And we were hoping that he would come back to outro this show because we've just been talking to him for an hour and 20 minutes, apparently about Drive. Um, so we've <laughs> discovered yeah. the format of this podcast apologies in advance if you thought it was going to be entirely about drive i will put a disclaimer at the front i will write a nice little bit um but yeah so we were hoping we'd get him back to do the outro but it doesn't look like he's going to come back so unfortunately we're just going to have to intro it just me and you ryan then left with us we've we got any closing we should probably close have some closing thoughts on drive yeah i've got some closing thoughts man for sure i've definitely got a a kind of rating out of 10, I guess, in my head of what I felt like the film was when I watched it when I was, you know, 15, 16. But I've also got a score of of how I felt about it when I watched it last night as a 25-year-old man. And I definitely enjoyed it, definitely thought it was super stylish and still held up in many of the ways uh, that I did when I originally saw it. Um, but I definitely think that it's aged in certain ways certainly i guess in maybe the representation of gender roles i think it's aged not very I well i think the problem was it that hasn't even aged i think that's still a problem yeah maybe that's it maybe it's too, maybe it echoes some of the issues that are around too much i think we're just more aware of it now because mm, mm. so i'm still noticing it in other films for sure i'd give it a i'd give it a an eight Eight and a half as uh, as a fourteen year old, fifteen year old, and now I'd probably give it more of a seven and a half. Okay, interesting. I like that. What are your ending um, thoughts? So, I would say when I first saw it, I would have been the same, eight and a half, maybe nine. Yeah, I would say I'm the same, but for very different reasons. Now. Okay, I think when before I just thought it was cool and different. It, it, and just cool like I was yeah. like it's cool as fuck cool fi- if a cool film is cool I'm in. I'm into it and I still do love a cool film like fucking John Wick mate is what John Wick just gets cooler and cooler and cooler and those films are incredible Um, but yeah the more I looked read it and the more I like saw it as 
like a weird fairy tale and I focused more on a real hero and this idea of him being a real hero, not necessarily a hero in our eyes, but he's trying to be one in his eye in his eyes and well, mostly in Kerry Mulligan's eyes and trying to be a real human being as a song um, points out. I think the lack of dialogue between the two of them is perfect. Mm. Um, I think they have such a good chemistry together without saying much at all. Um, yeah. And it's not like, I wouldn't say it's like the Star is Born style chemistry where you're like, yeah, those two are definitely fucking off screen. I'm not, <laughs> that is not. I don't know if that has actually come out as true, but uh, didn't he get divorced, Bradley Cooper? And isn't that a rumour? Why? But all right, but their chemistry is electrifying, as Danny Zuko would say. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I just think I think the performances are great. I think I I I think it's also just because I haven't seen a film that's only an hour and forty minutes in so fucking long that it was (laughs) nice to have a film. It has no filler. It doesn't. It's very straight to the point. Actually, you're right. Yeah, and it, I went back and looked at some reviews of like what it got at the time, and pretty much everyone was positive. But and a lot of people were saying about how they didn't like the gratuitous violence and they thought it was too graphically violent, like too much. And I think it mm. only is in the second half, and when it is, it's very little. Like you get the shot of Christina Hendricks' head blowing up and the head yeah. in the elevator. Yeah, that bit's being pretty stopped grim. on. Yeah. But you, this again, it's only like a flash a flash of it there's a lot of blood throughout the film um but yeah i i i mean i i quite like violence in films as a stylistic sort of device or as a as a narrative device and i think here it 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 does it well i don't think it's just being violent for the sake of being violent no no i agree i definitely feel like i like the I feel like they feel like the first and second halves obviously feel very different um, to me. I think the first half is definitely more enjoyable and more kind of stylistic and maybe more sort of um, uh, what I think of when I think about the film, you know, what I reminisce about, you know, the, the, the songs and the kind of introduction to the characters. But I definitely forgot just how good and how tense it was. You know, just so how tense. how tense the film was, and how well the um, the score sort of helped move that move that along. And the chromatics they do an amazing, mm. also the amazing first scene where they're kind of building that intensity and that that kind of uh, that that I don't know what you call I, it. I though. can't believe we didn't even talk about that first scene. Like first scene, man, fuck. The one thing I really noticed this time is that it's really quiet that scene. Yeah. Until they get spotted by the cops, and then it because it's all it, up to that point, it's all inside the car, all pretty much from his point of view, and looking back at the back seat with the two robbers in there. As yeah. soon as the um, police radio in his car like picks up that they've been spotted, and the sirens go on, it cuts to outside, and you just hear like the engine of the car really fucking loud. Like I had to turn my TV down. Everything's chaotic around them and they're inside this quiet, tense yeah. space, aren't they? So that he's, water. And he's so yeah. and it, yeah, and he's in his zone and he's so meticulous, like he's more than just a good driver. 
he's more than just like a fast driver. He he treats it like an I I think even Baby Driver doesn't quite do this. Baby Driver is very stylistic in his driving, and I love it for that. I love that it is just a. I think Baby Driver is what a lot of people wanted from Drive. I love that mm-hmm. idea of a getaway driver. I've always found it really cool because it you know you can all, you always simp you always want to sympathize or like not be but um sort of live vicariously through cr- criminals in fiction yeah totally that's the whole genre that's but, the whole genre's appeal yeah but a getaway driver is just a driver like they're still committing a crime but they're not at they're not doing bad bad things obviously the driver and drive eventually does do a lot of bad shit for his own reasons which he perceives to be good and i think you can argue well he's doing them he's only doing them to protect irene um carrie mulligan's character um yeah no i really like i really like this film a lot more than i did the last time i watched it i was really pleasantly surprised you've had a, you've had a kind of resurgence in yeah, yeah you've, and you've for completely different reasons that's fascinating that's why i fucking love films because mm someone puts out will be interpreted in many ways in the art form eh? yes exactly so um yeah sorry isaac can't be here to say goodbye and i will have to tell him about our pick my pick for next week so basically how we're doing it is each week one of us is going to pick a certain thing and then we're going to try and talk about it and then we'll probably talk about a shit ton of other stuff but i would very much like to talk about my next pick quite a bit next week but we, we will definitely talk about other stuff don't worry if you don't like it I'm sorry, but this is just a format that kind of works for our flow. I might edit some stuff out if when I listen to it, it sounds mad and rambling. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, we're going to pick a different thing. And it's, ne- it's not always going to be films. That's our main thing. We're- no other podcast, every other podcast either specializes in films, music, TV, games, books. And we're like, but we love all of them. And we want to just talk about them as mediums of art, mediums of storytelling, mediums of entertainment uh so my next my pick for next episode is i think i think it's my favorite album of all time i have two but i listened to it again the other day and i'm like no i think this is definitely just pips it so my i will tell you my second favorite album which is i had the blues and but i shook them loose by bombay bicycle club but the album i'm picking next week is Teens of Denial by Car Seat Headrest. Have you listened to it? I haven't not. Oh, I'm very excited. I like that you were not. You shook your head and then remembered it's a podcast. <laughs> Just in uh, time. It is one of those albums. You know when you find an album at a perfect point in your life and yeah. it perfectly encapsulates everything you're feeling at that moment? I found this album when I was just about, when I was having a mental breakdown at uni and was just about to drop out I was like, "Fuck!" Someone actually, someone else is feeling this way, and he's not. It's, it's not like the entire album's about someone dropping out of uni. I don't think he, none of the songs are even about that. But just the, uh, we'll talk about it more next week. But that is yeah. your required listening, uh, Ryan. I'll let I know, and hopefully, whoever is listening to this, I'm sure we'll have one listener. Cool. Well, that was fantastic, Matt. Thank you very much for thank you very much for initiating, and I look forward to listening to said album and getting back to you next time. Thank you very much, Ryan, and uh, I will say thank you to Isaac. Thank you, Isaac. Thank you. Thank you. I will, we will see you next week. Week. Week.
we're going to say this is weekly. Okay. Goodbye, everyone. Actually, I'm not the host. You should be fucking saying goodbye. I just picked. I just did. Uh, say good. it again. We'll, we'll cut it out. <laughs> All right, bye. Bye.